Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, we have all assembled here this evening to understand what is Vipassana and how does it help us in our day-to-day life. Vipassana is a process of self-realization Truth realization, realization of the truth pertaining to oneself, within oneself, by oneself, at the experiential level. It is not just to quench the thirst of curiosity to know who I am. The process is to understand how one becomes miserable, how one starts harming oneself and harming others, making oneself miserable, making others miserable, and how to come out of misery. The truth, <coughs> the truth about this physical structure, which keeps on saying, one keeps on saying, I, I, mine, mine. So much of identification with this physical structure, corporeal structure, so much of attachment towards it. And so also the mental structure. I, mine, I, mine. So much of identification with it, so much of attachment towards it. One has to realize the truth about it. Not merely 
by listening to such discourses, not merely by reading books, scriptures, not merely intellectualizing the truth or accepting it at the emotional or devotional level because Buddha said so or the scripture says so at the direct experiential level that helps one to realize where the real misery starts and how it keeps on multiplying, multiplying, multiplying and the habit pattern is formed at the depth of the mind, the habit pattern to generate misery after misery, misery after misery how to come out of this habit pattern that becomes clearer and clearer as one observes the reality, experiences the reality within one's own framework of the body observes the interaction of mind and matter how mind keeps on influencing the matter, the body and in return how the body keeps on influencing the mind one does not know anything what is happening at the depth of the mind this technique helps you to go to the depth of the mind, the root of the mind and understand the reality how out of ignorance, without knowing what is happening one keeps on generating one defilement after the other and becomes miserable, miserable the process of self-realization at the experiential level for that one has to spare ten days of time ten days to learn the technique of self-realization, truth-realization realization of the misery, arising of misery, eradication of misery, coming out of misery all that process one understands and that requires some time whenever anyone decides to give ten days of the life to experience this technique one joins a course in a congenial atmosphere with an experienced teacher and starts working as per the instructions one comes just to give a trial no blind faith is involved whatever you experience yourself accept only that much experience the truth pertaining to yourself that means pertaining to this mind-matter phenomena when you join a course you are asked to sit sit comfortably in any posture that suits you any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer period at a stretch is a good posture for you not necessary a lotus posture or half lotus posture if someone can sit conveniently, go ahead. Otherwise, any posture. Keep your back and neck straight. Keep your eyes closed, gently closed. Keep your mouth gently closed. 
Now there is no physical activity, no vocal activity. Now let us see what reality is manifesting itself pertaining to this mind-body structure. Reality, no imagination. The first reality that everyone experiences is the breath coming in, the breath going out. Start with this. The breath as it is, natural breath, normal breath. If it is deep, it is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. It passes through left nostril, left nostril. Right nostril, right nostril. Don't try to interfere with the natural flow of the breath. You are here to observe the reality as it is, not as you would like it to be, as it is. It is not a breathing exercise. Don't try to control the breath. That is a different technique altogether. We call it pranayam. It has its own benefit. Nothing wrong. But understand this technique is totally different from pranayam. In this technique, you develop the faculty of awareness. Awareness of the reality pertaining to the mind, matter, phenomena as it is. As it is from moment to moment, from moment to moment. So at this moment, you are feeling the breath coming in, the breath going out. Just observe, do nothing. Mere breath, bare breath, no verbalization, no visualization, no imagination, no auto-suggestions or outer-suggestions, not to impose any philosophical belief, as it is, breath as breath. Like you are sitting at the bank of the river, and the river is flowing. You are just observing the river, the flow of the river, as it is. You do nothing for the flow of the river, it is natural, the natural flow is there. So the natural flow of the breath, you have to keep your attention at the entrance of the nostrils, just feel the breath coming in, going out, coming in, going out. So easy. You have to do nothing. Things are happening naturally and you are just feeling. So easy. And yet, whenever you decide to take a 10-day course, and start working, you will find so difficult, so difficult. <laughs> you will hardly observe a couple of breaths and the mind is gone somewhere. And then you realize what I'm doing. I was here to observe my breath and I started rolling in the thoughts, thoughts of the past, thoughts of the future. I have to live in the present. The technique wants me to live in the present. The reality of this moment, all right, I start again, start again. Again, within a minute or two, mind wanders away. The first day we find, not all, 
but quite a few students, they get frustrated, irritated. They start generating negativity, anger towards themselves, towards their own mind. What sort of mind I am carrying? Such an easy job, you have to just observe, do nothing. Just observe the natural flow, and this also you can't do. Then the guide will say, no, no negativity, no anger. Anger towards yourself or anger towards anybody else. It makes you miserable and you are here to come out of these kinds of defilements. Just accept the fact as it is. You were observing the breath, mind wandered away. You realize mind has wandered away. Just accept the fact at this moment the mind has wandered away. So what? The breath is still there. All right, I start again. Mind wanders away. You accept the reality, mind has wandered away. Like that, patiently, persistently, continuously, continuously one keeps on working. Second day, third day, one finds the mind is calming down, calming down. Much better than what it was on the first day. Two things are very important. One is you have to remain with the reality. Don't start imagining anything. The reality which you are experiencing. And the second is maintain the continuity. Continuity, continuity. So far as this technique is concerned, continuity is the secret of success. Within three days, as Buddha wanted us, one keeps the attention on a small part below the nostrils, above the upper lip, chitta ekagata, that means one-pointed concentration. One-pointed concentration with the awareness of the breath coming in, going out. Within three days you find, mind becomes subtler and subtler, finer and finer, more and more sensitive. If one is working properly, the breath becomes so subtle, so fine, like a thread coming out. And as it comes out, it makes a U-turn, so short. As it comes out, it makes a U-turn. The object of observation is becoming subtler and subtler. The mind that feels that object also becomes subtler and subtler and becomes more and more sensitive. Then further realities start manifesting themselves. Realities. Again, realities pertaining to the mind and matter phenomena. When one is observing the breath, this is also mind and matter, both involved. It looks as if it is a physical function. The lungs are working and therefore you breathe in, you breathe out, true. But mind is also involved. The breath is strongly related to mind, strongly related to mental impurities, mental defilements. You will realize that within three days. You are just observing the breath, observing the breath as it is, as it is. Mind has started wanting past, future, 
and the defilement arises. Say anger, fear, hatred, ego, something arises and you will notice the breath has lost its normality. It is no more normal. It becomes slightly hard, slightly fast. And when that goes away, the defilement is gone. Again, it becomes normal. So the breath is strongly related to mental impurities. It becomes clearer and clearer. That is why the enlightened one gave us to start with the breath, to realize the truth about mind and matter, the combination of the two. By the time three days are over, mind has become very sharp, very sensitive, and you start feeling some biochemical reaction in this area, some electromagnetic reaction in this area, which is taking place everywhere throughout the body. Because you are working on a small area, you start feeling here. All these biochemical reactions manifesting as this sensation or that sensation, a sensation, maybe any sensation, heat, perspiration, throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, tingling, heaviness, numbness, anything. You are observing it now. Just observe, do nothing. Just observe, that means just feel whatever comes. From the fourth day onwards, you feel sensations throughout the body, from the top of the head to the tips of the toes, everywhere. The law of nature is such, Throughout the physical structure, wherever there is a contact of mind and matter, there is bound to be a sensation. Every part of the body, there is all the time some sensation or the other. Every particle, every atom of the body, all the time, some sensation or the other. The gross mind normally feels only very gross sensations like pain, pressure, heaviness, numbness, etc. But there are so many different types of sensations. At the deepest level, so subtle sensations, sometimes mere oscillation, very subtle oscillation. But something is happening. Wherever there is life, something is happening. To train the mind to feel all the different types of sensations Buddha wanted the mind to become very sharp, very sensitive, and that is why he gave this small area, work on it. When you start feeling sensations throughout the body, different kinds of sensations, initially, of course, you get very gross, solidified, intensified sensations, very unpleasant sensations like pain, pressure, heaviness, numbness. But as you keep on observing, observing without any reaction, you will notice as you were working on the breath, the habit pattern of the mind was to keep on wandering. A monkey mind doesn't want to stay at one place, keeps on wandering. Similarly, you will notice these sensations, the old habit pattern is to keep on reacting to this. Whenever you experience a very unpleasant sensation, you will react as aversion, hatred. Whenever you feel a very pleasant sensation, which you start feeling after one or two days, very pleasant sensations, then the old habit was to react with craving, 
clinging, craving, aversion, craving, aversion towards these sensations. This was the enlightenment of this great super scientist of spirituality. This is what he realized. At the time of Buddha, and even before that, there was teaching in the country where they said, don't react to these sensual objects. When a shape or form or color comes in contact with the eyes, a sound comes in contact with the ear, smell comes in contact with the nose, taste comes in contact with the tongue, something tangible comes in contact with the body, a thought or emotion comes in contact with the mind, don't react. Don't react with craving. Don't react with aversion. Don't get indulged in that. That teaching was already there. What special contribution of Buddha? A wonderful contribution. He was a super scientist, dividing, dissecting, disintegrating, dissolving, going deeper, 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 making analytical study of the mind and matter. It became clear to him. And he says, you're not reacting to the outside sensual objects. It appears to be so because you don't, you're not going to the depth and you're not realize the truth. You are ignorant about the truth. The truth is that you are reacting to the sensations. Whenever any object comes in contact with the sense to this or that, there is bound to be a sensation, sensation on the body. And the sensation becomes very unpleasant. If you give valuation to the object, very bad. When you say this object is very bad, your sensation becomes very unpleasant. When the object and you give valuation, wonderful, this is very good, the sensation turns into very pleasant. And when the sensation is unpleasant, then you react with aversion. When it is pleasant, you react with craving. It was the depth of the reality that he realized. And this is what he taught, not merely to understand and accept at the intellectual level or emotional or devotional level, at the actual level. One starts understanding. The sensations are there all the time, day and night, asleep or awakened, sitting or standing, walking or lying down, eating or drinking, every position. One keeps on feeling sensations at the depth and one keeps on reacting, reacting with craving, reacting with aversion. And whenever one reacts with craving or with aversion, a good meditator who goes to the depth of the mind notices one has lost the balance of the mind, one has lost the peace of the mind, one has lost the happiness of the mind, harmony of the mind. One has become miserable. Who is responsible for this misery? It becomes so clear. I am responsible for my misery because of ignorance. Avijja, he called avijja. Ignorance. Not ignorance because one has not read scriptures. Not ignorance because one has not intellectualized the teaching. Ignorance because one does not know what is happening. What is happening at the depth of the mind. And because of this ignorance, one keeps on reacting to the sensation, Vedana Pachayatanaha, craving, aversion, craving, aversion. 
they are two sides of the same coin. When you feel something pleasant and you start reacting with craving, that means there is an inherent aversion towards something that you don't like. If you have aversion towards something unpleasant, there is inherent craving for something that you like. Both are two sides of the same coin. And this is what is happening all the time, day and night. This habit pattern is becoming stronger and stronger. That means the creation of misery out of ignorance is becoming stronger and stronger. He went to the depth to find out this is misery and this is the real cause of misery. Now how to come out of it? And a way was found. Experience the truth within yourself. Make your mind so sharp and so sensitive that you can feel all types of sensations throughout the physical structure and then train the mind not to react. Just observe. Observe objectively without identifying yourself with these sensations. Sensation as sensation, this or that. And keep on understanding. Again at the experiential level, keep on understanding every sensation, pleasant or unpleasant, gross or subtle, every sensation has the same characteristic. Characteristic of arising, passing away, arising, passing away, not eternal. When one comes across very unpleasant, gross sensations, then one finds it has a reason. Seems to stay for some time, but sooner or later passes away. When it turns into very pleasant, subtle vibration, same characteristic, arising, passing, arising, passing, with great rapidity, high velocity, but the characteristic remains the same. One starts understanding. Everything is just a flux, a flow, constantly changing the entire physical structure, the entire mental structure, constantly changing, changing. What is the purpose of reacting? Unpleasant sensation has come and it's not going to last forever. Let me see how long it lasts. You observe, you observe, you don't react. A pleasant sensation has come, it is changing, it won't, la it won't last forever. Let me see how long it lasts. Observe, observe, you are changing the habit pattern of your mind. The old habit pattern of reacting and creating craving, aversion, craving, aversion, all other defilements of the mind are products of these two, craving, aversion, which is because of ignorance. One does not know what is happening within oneself. Now with this technique that he gave, you develop your own wisdom, your own experience, and you feel things changing, 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 and you change your habit pattern of blind reaction to these sensations. You are coming out of misery, coming out of misery. A whole structure is mere subatomic particles. 26 centuries back, this great super scientist, without any scientific apparatus as we have today, without any scientific instruments as we have today, just by his insight, realized that the entire material structure and so also the entire mental structure, mere vibration, mere vibration, 
combustion and vibration combustion and vibration and outside also when one goes to that stage and becomes very much familiar with the reality within oneself one starts feeling outside also everywhere sabbo panjalito loko sabbo loko pakampito mere combustion and vibration combustion and vibration there is nothing to hold no essence it becomes so clear it is not just a philosophy to be accepted blindly it is something which one is experiencing another reality it becomes so clear the interaction of mind and matter when one reaches that stage in some cases within first 10 days one reaches the, that stage or maybe in the second 10 days or third 10 days the entire physical structure mere vibration mental structure mere vibration initially gross intensified matter with gross sensations mind also gross when you have a emotion how solidified it comes keep on observing observing without reaction dividing dissecting disintegrating dissolved mere vibration mere vibration that is a very important stage of vipassana that the entire mind and matter must be experienced as mere vibration mere vibration total dissolution no imagination one has to experience this and anybody can experience it if one works properly as taught by the buddha mere vibration mere vibration the attention goes to the eyes vibration vibration a shape a form a light a color comes in contact with the eyes mere vibration attention goes to the ear mere vibration mere vibration a sound comes in contact with the ear mere vibration mere vibration similarly a smell at the nose a taste at the tongue something tangible at the body a thought or a emotion in the mind all vibration vibration one starts realizing what happens now a sound has come in contact with the ear one part of the mind the job of this part of the mind is to cognize look something has happened something has happened at the ear sense door immediately another part of the mind will raise its head what has happened with all the memory of the past with all the experience of the past one realizes these are words what words recognizes second parts the job is to recognize words words of insult or words words of praise the moment evaluation is given words of insult oh very bad the vibration that was one feeling throughout the body a neutral vibration turns into very unpleasant vibration a flow of very unpleasant vibration praise wonderful and the flow becomes very pleasant a flow of very pleasant vibration immediately the fourth part of the mind starts working it starts reacting unpleasant very bad and reacts with aversion hatred aversion hatred pleasant sensation very good reacts with craving clinging craving clinging at the apparent level it looks that i am reacting to those sound the words the words which are words of uh, insult or words words of praise true this is only apparent truth 
at the surface level, deep inside one is reacting to these sensations. Therefore, Buddha wants every good Vipassana meditator to develop the faculty to feel all kinds of sensations in the body. One part of it, develop the faculty to feel all the sensations on the body, gross, subtle, every time. And the second part of it, remain equanimous. Don't react. Remain equanimous. Remain equanimous. You are changing the habit pattern of the mind. Another very good example, very good use of this wonderful technique is one starts realizing that I can't harm anybody without first harming myself. Another, a great discovery by the scientist, Pubbe hanati attanang pacha hanati sopare. You first harm yourself, you first kill your own peace and harmony, and then only you kill the peace and harmony of anybody else. All the vocal actions, physical actions, unwholesome vocal action, unwholesome physical action cannot start unless you first generate some defilement or the other in your mind. For killing, there must be tremendous amount of anger, hatred, ill will, animosity. For stealing, there must be greed. For sexual misconduct, there must be passion, lust. For speaking lies and trying to deceive somebody or speaking harsh words, some impurity or the other must arise first and then only the vocal action, then only the physical action, unwholesome vocal action, unwholesome physical action, and you start harming others. But a good meditator will start realizing, I have first harmed myself. The moment I generate a defilement in the mind, I am the first victim of my defilement. I generate anger. And a good meditator will find there's a burning sensation throughout the body, burning sensation. Palpitation increases. Tension can build up. Misery, misery. Oh, what I am doing? I am harming myself. I am harming myself. One generates greed. The balance of the mind is lost. Peace of the mind is lost. Harming the mind is lost. One becomes miserable. Any defilement, when it arises, it arises and you become miserable. This is not a sermon. He was not interested in giving sermons. He was interested for people to realize the truth. How misery arises and how you can come out of it. By the whole technique, when you develop the faculty to feel sensations properly, as they are, not as you would like them to be, as they are from moment to moment. And then you also develop the faculty not to react, not to react. Not that in 10 days you come out of all reactions and all miseries, but you get a technique. This is how I can come out of my misery. And you start getting a warning. Every time any unwholesome action and there is a warning. Look, unpleasant sensation is a reason. Look, I am losing my peace, my harmony. And you stop. Stop taking any unwholesome physical or vocal action. This is how one gets established in morality, not merely by sermons, by experience, by experience. The 
sensations in the body play such an important part. He kept on saying, nothing can arise in the mind. Nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. Anything that arises in the mind arises with a sensation on the body and then you start reacting again at the mental level to these sensations. Anger as a reason. You may say due to something happened outside, all right. That's also apparent truth, it is truth. Anger is a reason. Whole chemistry of the body changes. Very unpleasant sensation. And then again you generate anger. Now you generate anger towards this unpleasant feeling that you are having. And this unpleasant feeling becomes stronger and stronger. Your anger becomes stronger and stronger. A vicious circle starts. For hours together you are boiling in anger, anger, anger. This becomes clearer and clearer at the experiential level. This is how people start coming out, coming out of their misery, coming out of the defilements of the mind. Another very important thing, when you start observing the truth within yourself, one develops a faculty where one starts understanding all other beings, the same reality. Everybody, every human being or every sentient being, mere vibrations, vibrations, all are the same, black or white or brown or, or yellow, makes no difference. Same type of sensations are there, same type of defilements are there, same type of misery is there. When you generate anger, you can't give a label that this is the anger of Hindu or a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Christian, anger is anger. And when you feel miserable because of that, again you can't give a label. Hindu misery, Buddhist misery, Christian misery, Jewish misery, misery is misery. And when you are free from this impurity and you experience so much of peace, so much of harmony, again you can't give a label. This is a Buddhist peace or a Hindu peace or Christian. It becomes so clear. A human being is a human being. Black or white or brown or yellow makes no difference. Male or female makes no difference. American or Russian or Indian or Pakistani makes no difference. Human being is human being. How can I be cruel to kill anybody? How can I take any action, vocal or physical, which will harm others, which will hurt others? Because now I know any action that I take to harm others, hurt others, I first start harming myself. This was the realization of this great scientist. And this is why more and more one gets developed, developed in this, the cruelty changes into compassion. No more cruelty. How can there be cruelty? Because one understands when I generate cruelty, I have started harming myself before I harm anybody else. I have started harming myself and nobody wants to harm oneself. Nobody wants to live a miserable life. Everyone wants to live a peaceful life, harmonious life. Here is a way at the experiential level, practical level, where you start changing your habit pattern. Habit pattern at the root level of the mind. The root level of the mind is constantly in touch with body sensations, constantly, every moment. And when it comes in contact with the body sensation, it keeps on reacting. You are ch changing that habit pattern at the root level. The entire mind structure 
becomes purer and purer, more and more peaceful, gets liberated from the misery because gets liberated from the defilements at the root level. He kept on saying, say there is a poisonous tree, a huge poisonous tree. You don't like it certainly, you cut it off. You cut it, but the roots are still there. Another will sprout, another will sprout. You are not liberated from your misery. Work at the root level. This was a great contribution of the enlightened one. Before Buddha, at the time of Buddha, nobody talked anything about body sensations. Nobody knew anything about body sensations. Even after that, people forgot everything. For about 500 years or 600 years, this wonderful technique kept on serving the people of the country of origin, India. After that, somehow or the other, the country lost. It went to different countries there also. It got lost. Only one country, one neighboring country, Myanmar, which is also called Burma. That country maintained it in its pristine purity. Very few people, teacher to pupil, teacher to pupil, more than 2,000 years, teacher to pupil, teacher to pupil, in purity. And now it has come out in its pristine purity and giving the same result as, as it used to give at the time of Buddha. Great terrorists of those days, how they changed, how they changed. Somebody would kill 999 human beings. To kill 999 human beings, not with a blast, kill each person like a butcher. How much cruel this person be. And he was looking for the thousandth one. Fortunately, came in contact with Buddha, came in contact with Dhamma. Total change, became a saintly person. The whole life kept on serving people, teaching this wonderful technique. I was a miserable person. Because of this technique, I have come out of a misery. Everyone is miserable. Come out of your misery. Come out of your misery. There were paid murderers. You go and murder so-and-so and you will get so much money. Now also it happens, in those days also. And how a number of them, how they changed and became saintly person. Because of the technique, not because of Buddha's mercy or grace, nothing doing. Buddha says, I have found out a reality and I am explaining you what the reality is. And I am giving you a way to experience that reality yourself. And this is how you change your habit pattern. Come out of misery, don't harm yourself. Don't harm others. We find the same thing is working. Hard criminals in the jails, in prisons, hard criminals. How after taking two or three ten-day courses, they start changing, changing. Why? Because they observe, observe reality within themselves. When I give a course there, and they start experiencing the sensations, then I ask them, what sort of thoughts are coming in your mind now? Most of the prisoners, the thought in their mind is, I will take revenge. When I go out, I will take revenge. That witness, that fellow who gave wrong witness against me, I will kill him. That police, I will kill him. That judge, I will kill him. I will kill him. I will kill him. I say, observe what sensations you have now. And relate this to the sensations. Burning sensation. So much of palpitation. Misery, misery. 
you will kill that person maybe after 10 years or 20 years and who knows you may not kill even now you are killing yourself now what you are doing and they start realizing not by sermons by experience and they start changing they start changing any human being everyone has some negativity or the other habit of generating negativity and becoming miserable the technique helps you to come out of the negativity because nobody wants to live a miserable life when one starts understanding i am making myself miserable look i am making myself miserable one starts coming out of it and one starts coming out of it when one is free from negativities by nature a pure mind is full of love full of compassion full of goodwill by nature you won't have to do anything a pure mind is full of these positive emotions instead of negative emotions then everyone everyone every being and every human being oneness a feeling of oneness this person is same as i am this person is also suffering because of negativities impurities this person can also come out of the misery by understanding this technique practicing this technique one feels like helping others to come out of misery to kill somebody to become cruel and kill somebody out of question one cannot kill somebody only love and compassion this is how buddha help people to come out of their own misery and help others to come out of the misery for that one has to develop one's faculty one faculty to make the mind so sensitive so that one can feel sensations throughout the body different types of sensations and second faculty train the mind not to react not to react change the old habit pattern 100 years ago this technique was taught to the people who came for one and a half month now in this fast life one and a half month will come even i would have missed so they reduced it to one month yes people get something 20 days yes 15 days yes 10 days they get a outline of the technique good less than that they don't get anything so don't waste your time there will be people who say come come one weekend and i will teach you and you will get the same what you will get the same at the surface level yes people will get peace harmony at the surface level deep inside the habit pattern remains the same unless you reach the stage which you call bhanga dissolution the entire physical mental structure dissolve dissolve mere vibration then only the pu- purification starts the real purification at the deepest level i would like i would suggest i would advise spare 10 days of your life and experience the truth given by this great scientist not to convert you to any religion the technique the teaching of buddha is not to convert people from one organized religion to another organized religion conversion is there but conversion from misery to happiness conversion from bondage to liberation conversion from cruelty to compassion and to become a very good human being enjoying peace and harmony oneself and generating nothing but peace and harmony for the others when one generates negativity one is so unhappy so miserable entire atmosphere around this person is filled with unhappiness misery 
people coming in contact will also become miserable and when the mind gets purified and there is love compassion goodwill one starts experiencing peace and harmony and the entire atmosphere around gets permeated with the vibration of peace harmony give a trial to this technique for your good for your benefit and for benefit of so many others for the good of so many others may all of you enjoy real peace real harmony real happiness real happiness Yes, Buddha's teaching may help an individual to become peaceful, but can it help present state terrorism, such as America is indulging in? Terrorism is terrorism. When you say it helps individual, the society is made of individuals. unless the individual comes out of terror comes out of violence comes out of cruelty how the society will come out of it the whole forest has withered and we want it to become again green and blooming at the root of every tree water has to be given a time will come when this technique will become so popular not only in america throughout the world and then you will find a big change as it came in the time of ashoka the emperor ashoka there were no communal rights no killing they were also at that time so many sects no bloodshed no killing no outside invasion even everything starts changing but the individual has to change first does the buddha's teaching address homosexuality sexuality is sexuality don't get slave of sexuality buddha's teaching is to come out of sexuality this type or that type and the technique helps technique helps whenever any passion arises lust arises just accept the fact my mind is now full of passion full of lust and according to the law of nature discovered by buddha nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation in the body so there must be a sensation in the body and a good meditator starts observing the sensation and starts understanding these sensations are impermanent arising passing are not eternal this passion that is a reason is also not eternal let me see how long it lasts let me see how long it lasts it becomes weaker 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 passes away he gave a wonderful way how to come out of the impurity it makes no difference this type of sexuality or that type of sexuality the trouble is the passion which makes one a slave one has to come out of that a number of people are coming who are leaders of different religions and they have taken vow of of celibacy taken a vow of celibacy not easy passion arises they suppress passion arises they suppress and become a psychic case they have to run to the psychiatrist otherwise one commits some sexual wrong even so 
so heinous crime one feels ashamed of that and then there's a feeling of guilt and again one becomes miserable they take these courses one two three courses and easily start coming out of that so wonderful technique given by the buddha make use of it it is for everyone everyone the buddha and you talk a lot about suffering isn't this pessimism oh no it is optimism optimism someone is sick a doctor comes he says look this is your sickness i'll give you medicine it will come out of sickness is the doctor pessimistic if the doctor says there is no way out you have to die your sickness is bad then yes pessimistic here is buddha he says there is misery true there is misery but there is a way to come out of misery i give you that medicine come out of misery world has not got any optimistic better than buddha a very optimistic person <laughs> i am already happy why should i practice vipassana <laughs> i am glad you are happy but don't you want to become happier <laughs> become happier become happiest and here is a way here is a way are you enlightened if i say yes will you believe if i say no then you run away this fellow is not enlightened whatever i am today when i compare what i was before coming to vipassana such a big change such a big change i was such a hot-headed person such a ego-centered person what a change has come i am so happy with that so satisfied with that and that is why i am sharing this peace and harmony with others why do you bring your wife on stage <laughs> because i am incomplete without her she is half and better half <laughs> in dhamma male or female are equal so one is not complete unless both are together and she gives lot of service in dhamma gives training to hindi speaking indian women they feel more confident to discuss with her and while i am talking she keeps on giving her vibrations of love and compassion and you all silently <laughs> because of that you keep on listening very calmly because of her i am thankful to her do you think islam is bas- basically violent oh no no in vipassana there is no religion in the world today whose followers are not attending vipassana courses their leaders are attending vipassana courses and i keep on discussing with them i was so elated so happy to see islam is full of non violence so much metta love and compassion is there 
if the so-called followers have forgotten that, Islam is not to be blamed for that. The word Islam itself means peace when they say, Islam walikum, that means may peace be with you. And they turn, somebody says, walikum Islam, may you be peaceful. Peace, peace. But if one does not practice Islam properly, Islam is not to be blamed for that. Can you comment on the conflict between India and Pakistan? What to comment? A very sorry picture. If both of them practice Vipassana, they will be out of all this problem. <laughs> How can one person judge without him? No question of judging anybody. You judge yourself. This is more important. Examine yourself and find if there's any fault come out of that. If you start judging others, then you will never purify yourself. You will always find fault in others, always find fault in others and generate nothing but aversion, aversion. Come out of this habit. As an artist, can I really help others? Or am I just offering distractions and sensual entertainments to people? Large number of artists have come to courses, they keep coming. A artist becomes better artist. A poet becomes better poet. A writer becomes better writer. All that they produce now will be for the good of the people. And so good, people start liking them. All their product is very much liked by the people. If you are an artist, Spare 10 days of your life. Come. <laughs> Please explain metta. Metta is love. Pure love. Without a trace of passion. Without a trace of lust. Pure love is always one-way traffic. You don't expect anything in return. Otherwise, a commercial love. You expect something in return. Not commercial love. Just one way. And that naturally happens. If the mind becomes purer and purer, it's just full of metta, full of karuna, love, compassion, love, compassion. It's the real habit of a pure mind, and it happens naturally. Can a student continue to take meditation courses while taking antidepressants? Why antidepressants? You don't need. Vipassana is the biggest antidepression. Large number of people come with depression and within 10 days, they're out of it. My third course or fourth course in India when I came from Burma, a very rich multimillionaire industrialist, he was suffering from deep depression, not because he has lost money. Something happens in the life. I don't know what was the trouble. He tried to commit suicide two times, people saved him, and then somebody suggested, better go for this 10-day course, perhaps it will be helpful, and he came. Now what happens? According to the great discovery of this enlightened person, nothing arises in the mind without a sensation on the body. Sabbe, Dhamma, Vedana, Samosarana. This was a great discovery. So I tell him, when you have depression, now practicing Vipassana, practicing Vipassana, there must be a sensation on the body. So just accept the fact, at this moment there is depression in the mind. Depression due to this or that, nothing doing. Depression as depression and see what sensation you have. Any sensation that you have, keep on observing, impermanent, 
impermanent. Yes, you are experiencing impermanent. Depression is related to these sensations. These sensations are related to depression. There, this is also impermanent. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. It cannot overpower you. It becomes weaker, weaker, weaker and passes away. A very good medicine this wonderful enlightened person gave for all kind of mental impurities, mental sicknesses. I have done the 10 day course and now I am trying to practice Vipassana every day. But I have other obligations. How do I sit for one hour every day? Other obligations, very important. You are a householder. You have to take care of all your responsibility. The technique does not want you to run away from that. But again, you have to give one hour morning, one hour evening. You give food to your body two times or three times. You don't say, I'm very busy, I can't take meal today. You have to take meals to keep the body healthy, strong. This is the food for your mind. Don't starve it. Don't make it weak. Don't make it sick. Keep on giving. You will find time if you have strong determination and you will get the benefit. Simply coming to a course of 10 days, experiencing the reality within yourself and not practicing every day, you won't get the real benefit. I have heard that you disapprove of homosexuality and that gray and lesbian people are not welcome, totally wrong. I want to be able to come out of all kind of sexuality. But then one has to work. Simply I say, yes, yes, this is also good, this is also good, doesn't help. One should not be a slave of sexuality, whether you call it homosexuality, you call it lesbian sexuality, any sexuality. And this technique will help, help people to come out of that. Never become a slave of sexuality. How do you teach this to young children? Is it possible? And at what age? What age? Before birth. <laughs> Every child must be taught before birth. A pregnant mother, when she comes to the course, she comes to the course not for oneself, but also for the child. And when one keeps on purifying the mind, purifying the mind generates love, compassion, love, compassion. Then the vibration that this child gets before birth is so healthy. The child comes out as a Dhamma baby. So many pregnant mothers come to the course to get Dhamma baby. I want Dhamma baby. And yes, they get Dhamma baby. So before, before birth, how do I know that I am practicing correctly? Keep on examining yourself. If you are really practicing as you are asked to practice, a change for better is bound to come in your life. If no change is coming, you are same as before, something wrong. Either the technique is not good or you are not good. But technique is good because it's giving result. <laughs> so something wrong. You are not practicing properly. Meet your teacher and he will guide you if there is anything wrong. What is the difference between Vipassana and Anapansati? Well, Vipassana is the next step of Anapansati. As I said, Anapansati is observing the breath as it is. And observing, observing the mind becomes very sharp and then you start feeling sensations on the body and you switch over to Vipassana. 
is it better to be vegetarian for a more efficient meditation? Yes, vegetarianism is good, but we don't insist on that. During the course, of course, vegetarian food is given. But as one progresses further, at a deeper level, one starts feeling the non-vegetarian food is not suitable for deeper meditation. So automatically, people become vegetarian. We never press them to become vegetarian. But in the course, of course, only vegetarian food is given. Will one 10-day session be enough to be effective in my life? It is beginning, it is kindergarten. You have to become a doctor. Start with that. The longest journey starts with the first step. If you don't take even first step, how will you reach the final goal? Start with it and keep on applying it in life. Keep on daily practice and applying in the life, daily practice applying in the life. Then you take deeper courses, 20-day course, 30-day course, 45-day course, and now 60-day courses have started. You will go much deeper, much deeper to take out the impurity at the deepest level. Why we were people, why we are people from other meditation tradition not allowed in sitting before this talk? There is, they are not outcast. We don't say you are untouchable, so don't come near me. But the technique is such. It generates vibration to purify the mind. And if somebody has not practiced this, may start practicing something, a vibration which might go totally against this, we do not know what this person is meditating. Sitting together with the group who are practicing to purify the mind, purify the mind, observing the natural sensation as it arises, as it passes away. Somebody might create artificial vibration by verbalizing certain words. This is not natural vibration and there will be a clash and it is harmful for both. That is why we say, take a 10-day course and then join us. You are not outcast. Come. Before taking the 10-day course, should one be able to sit or meditate for a period of time? No, don't do that. Come with a clean slate. Better. <laughs> Otherwise, you start practicing something which may go totally against Vipassana and then to retreat from that will be difficult for you. So come with a clean slate. Are you saying that uh, normal emotions of crying or happiness are not to be encouraged? We should be calm and not feel anything? Oh no, you are not like a vegetable that anybody come and cut, I don't feel anything. Oh no, the feeling will be there. But remain equanimous with that. Equanimous with that. Emotion arises, that accept the fact. Emotion has a reason. And you are not reacting to it. You are not reacting to it. If it's a positive, positive emotion, you are enjoying it, yes, but without attachment. If it's a negative emotion, you observe it is impermanent, impermanent, it passes away. So make use of this technique to come out of all the negative emotions. Is this merely brainwashing? <laughs> yes, it is mind washing. It is to purify the mind. And you, yourself you will experience that I wash my mind. How much I have washed, that much I have become happy. That much I am free from misery. What is the role of God and Guru in spirituality? Truth is God. And you are experiencing truth. Love is God. Compassion is God. You are experiencing. Reach that stage where you become personification of love, compassion, and you are God yourself. Guru 
Oh no, don't allow anybody to exploit you. Gurudam is not allowed in this technique. Never become, never come under the clutches of a guru. Otherwise, he will exploit you. Guru just gives the path, that's all, a good guru. And then you have to walk on the path. You have to liberate yourself. Don't expect that guru will do something for you and liberate you. Any guru says, come, come, I will liberate you, I will take you to Nibbana, understand something wrong somewhere. Don't accept it. How can I become a teacher of Vipassana? First become a pupil of Vipassana. <laughs> then a time will come, you will also become a teacher of Vipassana. Without becoming a pupil, how can you become a teacher of Vipassana? In our country, we have got a saying, without becoming first a daughter-in-law, how can you become a mother-in-law? <laughs> so learn first and be a pupil, and then you will become a teacher. Thank you. Is it better for a couple to take the course separately so each can focus on themselves? Don't worry, you can come together. There is segregation. Females are separate, males are separate. Let both of them enjoy, enjoy Vipassana and come out as, as a happier couple. Is fasting a part of the course? Oh, no, no. Not fasting. But Overeating is harmful for meditation. You will feel drowsy, you can't practice properly. And whole day when you are working, observing the truth, metabolism of the body becomes less. You don't need that much of food, but you get your breakfast all right, you get your lunch. But the evening meal, you get just some fruits or tea or coffee, that's all. <clears throat> so that much is enough. Water is enough for the body, that much is given. But no fasting. Why do why do you do you and your assistant teachers and students travel to Burma and sponsor meditation courses there when the government is violating human rights? People want, people want peace. So we have to give a country, we are grateful to that country because it preserved, preserved the technique in its purity and now they have lost it. So it becomes our duty to go and teach those people and now people are learning this, learning this. I'm sure a day will come when even the governing people, they will also come to be Vipassana and there will be a big change. No. Thank you, I'm liberated. Very good. <laughs> right. Be happy, be peaceful, spare 10 days of your life and learn this technique for your good, for your benefit, and for the good and benefit of so many others. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, and real happiness.